on 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14. Chapter 16. Be on your guard. Stand firm in faith. Be of courage. Be strong. Do everything in love. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. All right. Make sure I might need to change microphones if we're having problems here. So far, so good? All right. So far, so good. Very good. All right. A couple things before we jump into uh, the lesson this morning. This is uh, the day that we're going to honor those among us that are graduating from high school, which is uh, Keegan and Kyle. And, um, and man, it's your day, fellas. You guys ready for this? Ready or not? Here it is, right? And, uh, and we're excited about just the, the neat opportunities that, that you guys are facing and, and all of us maybe we gain from this morning is there's new phases that we come through in life and, and whenever we come to those new phases, hopefully some of the things that I share and, and that the parents will share here in a little bit are great for all of us going forward. Um, I will not be here this next uh, week. Uh, Bill Gobin, uh, Tisha's dad, and the current director of Yellowstone Bible Camp will be here and he'll preach on Sunday morning. Uh, because I will be in Alaska with my family. We're going to be up there visiting my sister, and so I'll be gone for a week. And uh, there's, uh, but I'm excited. I think I get to be gone during some of the best days when some guests come in and, and share some amazing stuff. And so I think you guys will be blessed with, with Bill and what he's sharing next week. Now we started out in September going through the book of Luke, and we're going to be in chapter 12 today, and then we're going to take a break for the summer, and we're going to finish it up in the fall. But I just kept running into in going through the book of Luke. There's too much good stuff in here. We can't rush this. And, and so we're, uh, we're going to finish it up in the fall. And we'll do some different things in the summer. If there's something the elders just uh, would like me to address, then we'll walk through that. Or there's uh, any number of just encouraging things that uh, I'll share with you this summer, uh, Lord willing. And they'll start with, uh, I guess our summer starts next week with, with Bill being here and, and sharing with you. Okay, so graduation speeches, um, both, um, uh, how many of you have listened to graduation speeches? All right, yeah, we all have at some point in time. I know um, Keegan graduating from homeschool, Mike gave, his, gave a speech with some people at the house the other day, and it was inspirational, it was wonderful in, in that. And I, I think about the, I Googled, was that the speech or did I miss it? Was there another speech, Mike? There's probably a lot more of them, but... Common high school graduation speech themes. And I looked up speech quotes, and there's tons of them. But here's some of the top ones. Following your dreams, changing the world, the importance of being yourself, sharing your best memories, looking ahead to the future, setting goals, remembering where you came from, overcoming obstacles, and never stop learning. Uh, there's a whole bunch more, but those are some things that jumped out to me. And when we go into new phases in life, that's a big question that comes up, is how do we get into this new phase and go in a good direction so we don't stagnate, we don't get stuck, all of that. And so all of us, in some sense, not just the, the high school graduates, but I know we've had several here that have graduated from college in the last while. We have... Um, those that are just finishing up, that are going from middle school to high school, we have people really, we're always in some sort of state of change, aren't we? How many of you are going through some sort of state of change in your life right now? You can think of. Okay, all of us have those type of things that we do on a regular basis. Going into summer, we're going into a, a state of change right now within our community. And so whenever we come to those times, we've got a question. How Am I going to do this in a way, this change, or this transition, 
How can I do this in a way that honors God and brings me closer to him and more effective in his kingdom and more, more successful in life? I think we could add that in there as well. And so I started thinking, what would Jesus say if he was going to speak at a graduation or at a big event where there's lots of transition happening? What is the most important thing? What really matters in life? And as I was going through the next section that we're going to hit in Luke, it dealt with this very specifically. So we're going to start with um, verses 13 to 21. Luke 12, 13 to 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, and remember, Jesus has just got through talking to his disciples, and there is thousands, it says a crowd of thousands has come here. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me to judge and arbitrator between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And so Jesus starts off with someone here saying, Tell my brother to share with me. And instead of Jesus dealing with that and being a moderator right there, he just says, wait a minute, you need to be on guard about something very important. Now, I found this picture. I thought that's pretty amazing. Now, I'm not a boxer. Wrangle boys, I, if I'm not mistaken, that is a right hook. Is that correct? Okay, or right cross. Okay, excuse me. Yeah, it's a right cross. Yeah, that's, that's going to land right in the beak there. You can see that. There's all sorts of conflict going on in this picture, just like there is in what the, uh, the brothers that are approaching Jesus right here are saying, share, share, we've got to have this. Jesus says... Well, wait a minute here. Let's talk about this. And he just makes the phrase, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Okay, that's not what life is all about. That's not what most is important. Have you ever seen the teacher or the, the t-shirts that, or posters that say, he who dies of the most toys wins? You've seen those? Okay, Jesus is telling us just the opposite here. Is that life or an abundant life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. That's not how it works. And he continues on here in verse 16. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Look at how abundant I have been. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. And so this guy has succeeded, hasn't he? He's been successful in life. He can build bigger barns, and he can be done. He has accomplished success, right? And if the story finished right there, I think many of us would say, yes, that's great, well done, awesome, good for you. You've got to this point where you can just relax, you're, you're done. But Jesus continues on, and he says something different here. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. And Jesus' message here very simply is be rich towards God. There's all sorts of things that we can be rich in in life. And the only thing that God apparently cares about is that we are rich towards him. And then he spends the next time talking about what this means, the next little bit. So verse 22, let's look at it. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more important more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, could add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? 
Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink or worry about it, for the pagan world runs after such things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the poor, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, we're going to walk through this just as great quotes from Jesus and what he has to tell us here. He starts off with saying, don't worry about your life. Okay, how many of you have tendency to worry at times. Okay. Worrying is spending a lot of thought and emotional energy on something we cannot change. Okay. He says right here, don't worry about your life. Okay. Do not waste all sorts of emotional energy, time, all that kind of thing about life. You're not going to find happiness. You're not going to find abundance in that way. Don't worry about it. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? How many of us have made things better in our life by worrying? <laughs> yeah, no, nah. it, it usually doesn't work that way. What happens is we produce all sorts of anxiety in ourselves. We, 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 get, we don't sleep at night. We have all sorts of burdens that we carry with us. I looked up what are the top things in America that we worry about, according to, to people uh, that, that have done some of these studies, some scholars. Number one, finances. Number two, our future. What's going to happen in the future that we can't control? Security, am I going to be able to pay my bills along with future and money? Uh, Relationships, how am I going to interact with other people in a peaceable way? How am I, all that kind of stuff. Then our health and the health of the people around us and our appearance. There's a lot of things that maybe sometimes I worry about that aren't on that list, but those are things that in our society, those are the big things And there's so many of those things that you think about is that we can't change a whole lot by worrying. What we can do is we can pray. We can do is we can plan. That's different than worrying. But this worry tendency gets a hold of us sometimes. And I know there's been certain phases in my life at different times where worry has got a hold of me. And it's been hard. And it's tough. And it's tough to shake that habit. Someone was telling me just the other day, and I think this is such a a good idea, is... um, a technique that they've learned is put a, a sheet of paper on the fridge and when you're worrying about something or something is consuming your thoughts, every time that comes up, just go over on the fridge or wherever you have it and just write the mark, write a mark. And pray about it and go away. And next time you worry about it, go up and write the mark a lot. And I think that would, for me, that the visual was pretty impressive, is looking at a piece of paper that is full of marks and how much time and effort I've invested or wasted or whatever, worrying about something I can't change. Practical thing that I thought, that's a pretty good idea. I think I, I should try that. So this is what Jesus says. Don't worry about your life. Who of you, can, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? God takes care of the ravens. He takes care of the flowers. He takes care of all that. He can take care of you. But seek first his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. So... What Jesus is saying here in a nutshell is that if we put God first and seek the things of God first, and we wake up every morning saying, God, 
I'm your person. What can I do for you? How can I be part of your mission? And we live out every day that way. All these things that we worry about and we concern ourselves with, God is going to provide in ways that we could never imagine and better than we can ever imagine. And so think about it this way. is We can uh, spend lots of time and energy worrying about something that, that we can't change and we can't control. Or we can just say, all right, God, you've got this somewhere. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give my best to you. I'm going to seek first your kingdom every day. And I understand that you're going to provide for me in ways that are beyond my imagination. And I'm going to live by faith that way. I've run into people uh, some at times that it's very clear very quickly that they live by a lot more faith than I do. And, and I, it's just amazing because of the amount of faith that they live by in order to just allow God to provide for them every day. Great examples for us. And this is what Jesus is talking about. Seek first my kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. I've got this. I created the world. I can take care of you. Jesus goes on with another great quote here saying, Don't be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Hmm. How many of you uh, anticipate someday to inherit the United States of America and it is yours. Hmm? Yeah, no. I don't, I don't think I'd want all those problems to take on that. Okay, We have much more modest aspirations, usually. But what Jesus tells this whole crowd that's listening, that was, that was captivated by this struggle between these two brothers, is saying, hey, don't be afraid. Your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. All of it. Everything. And so as followers of God, we can anticipate something much, much greater than just a little inheritance here or something here, little blessings that come. But God is pouring out His entire kingdom to us. And that's part of... That's ours. That's what, what He wants for us. And He says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, the things that we invest time in, the things that we invest our money in, the things that we invest all our worries in, all of that sort of thing, that's where our heart is. That's really where our treasure is. And I think about how empty we can end up in life if you and I spend all of our time worrying about that list that we had up here, worrying about our health, worrying about our relationships, worrying about all these things, worry, 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 worry throughout. And we spend our lives doing that. And think about how much we miss out on when Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What he asks of us, and, and this, I guess, I was talking with, with David Eater about this the other day. We were you know, brainstorming, he and Mike and I, the teen devotional. is just how much sometimes we misunderstand what God asks of us. Think about this example in the Old Testament. There was the Israelites go into a place where there's human sacrifices, soul for soul. Okay, if there is, if the gods are going to redeem me, then I need to give them a soul. My firstborn child is going to be sacrificed. That's how it happened. You know, in a, in a certain sense, I can understand how they get there, soul for soul. And God comes along with the Israelites and says, "Hey, when you come into my presence to atone for your sin, what I want is a lamb or a goat." For you, okay? I'm easy to please. <laughs> a lamb or a goat. Just give me a lamb or a goat. And if you can't afford that, bring a dove 
Okay? Just come to me. Bring something, but come. That's what I want for you. And so this God that we serve is, through this message, really trying to make our lives a lot better and take that burden off our shoulders. Saying, my burden, his yoke is easy, my burden is light. Just come to me. Just come to me. I want you to come to me. I don't want you to worry constantly about all these things that you can't control because I got it. I love you. I can take care of birds. I can take care of flowers. I can do all of that. And what I want for you is I want you to wake up every morning being free to say, what can I do in order to please God today? And live the abundant life of Jesus. Here is um, a quote that is, uh, comes from Ecclesiastes. Okay? that really gets to the point of, of these great teachings of Jesus here this morning. Of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. I wonder if anybody has ever used this at a graduation speech, huh? From Ecclesiastes 12.12. 12. Okay, all right. Making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. How many of you have felt that at some time? Oh, yeah. Yep. Get burnt out. Get tired. He says, now all has been heard. Someone who has tried everything under the sun has tried all sorts of different things to find happiness. He says, now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. And that's really what it boils down to, is what God asks of us, is that we be people that wake up every morning not consumed by the stuff around us, but by, be consumed by saying, God, I am yours. I'm up for living the abundant life of Jesus today. Help me do that. And walk out of the, our house with courage, excited for what God may provide. And according to God, that's what success is. It's not about earning a ton of money. It's not about financial security that this guy had troubles with in the, in the parable. But it's waking up saying, I will be God's person today. And God says, I'll take care of you. You do that. I got you. And that is the success in God's eyes. And that's what he asks of all of us. Pretty good news, isn't it? It's pretty good news that we can lay our burdens on Jesus. He's willing to take them. He's willing to bring us in. And just says, just just be part of my mission. Wherever you're at, whoever you are, whatever neighborhood you live in, wherever your house is, wherever your family is, you just do good, be part of my mission where you are, and I'm thrilled and I'm excited about what you bring as your sacrifice to me. I hope that's encouraging for all of us, for our graduates, for every one of us, going into summer, whatever life changes you're going into. Um, bring God into that, and, um, and you'll see that God will bring a great amount of, of joy as we, uh, we walk together sharing the abundant life of Jesus. There's going to be, our elders are there in the back, and if you want to uh, have prayers of the church or you'd like to become a Christian day, you're welcome to do that while we stand and sing. And then afterwards, immediately afterwards, I left some time today so that uh, there's going to be a presentation and uh, for our graduates as they go into a new phase of life. Let's stand and sing together.